This is Daniel Figel, and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. If you're wondering how we come up with our guests for the show, the answer is pretty simple. We think about what's going to be most valuable, most interesting, most useful for our listeners, and then we pursue folks or we say yes to folks who seem like they fit the bill, sort of regardless of what company they're with or what geographic region they live in, etc. But every now and again, we pick up on a pattern that makes us interested in speaking to specific people from specific groups or specific industries, and Europe is certainly an interesting case for us here at Emerge. So uh, at Emerge, we have AI strategy reports, so you can go to emerge.com slash reports, and you can pick up our getting AI ROI report, our getting started with AI report, and a variety of others about deploying artificial intelligence, building AI products, etc. And we found that Spain and France specifically, but Europe generally, is actually the most ardent customers of these reports. We have many more American readers, but pound for pound, European folks are really interested in best practices. And what we've learned is that essentially they're interested in figuring out what the Americans and what uh, maybe the folks in the Bay Area have already figured out and just being able to model that so that they don't have to take arrows in the back. And so it's an interesting potential outgrowth from maybe a little bit more of a conservative technological environment and ecosystem. And it really got my curiosity going, me and the team, to sort of do more interviews with startup folks and AI researchers in Europe. And that's exactly what we're doing with this episode. We're talking today about the adoption of artificial intelligence and also some considerations of facial biometrics and facial recognition in Europe. Our guest is Francisco Zamora Martinez. He is the facial biometrics team leader at Veridas based in Spain. And Francisco talks to us about what some of the challenges are of using artificial intelligence uh, in Europe. So again, this is our use case episode. So if you're thinking about deploying AI in Europe or a European company or you operate in Europe, then you'll want to bear some of these insights in mind. And then talks also a bit about his own experience in facial recognition, which I think as uh, the technology proliferates in the United States and the United Kingdom, certainly in China, this is a topic that hopefully will be valuable for everybody to get a little bit more insight on. Plus, for me, it's just neat to talk to people from Europe and figure out what are the motives, what makes enterprises make AI decisions a little bit more differently, and frankly, why are they so interested in our reports? So if you haven't checked out our reports yet, you can go to emerj.com slash reports. And again, generating AI ROI, getting started with AI, we have a variety of reports there, uh, some of them tailored specifically for AI service providers and AI vendors. So if you're a consultant, a strategist, and an advisor to enterprise companies, about a third of our reports are specifically tailored for you. So you'll want to check those out at emerge.com slash reports. Without further ado, this is Francisco Zamora Martinez with Veridas here on the AI and Business Podcast. So, Paco, I think we're going to get things kicked off here with just your thoughts on the strengths and weaknesses of the artificial intelligence ecosystem in Europe, sort of how it's different from maybe the U.S. or the rest of the world. I'd love to get your thoughts and kind of start things off with that. Okay. Yes. I think I will start talking about the, the weaknesses. I, I'm a little, I, I have a little negative uh, <laughs> uh, feeling about that, okay, because one big weakness we have now in Europe is that the legal bodies, okay, are, and the legal rules are very strict regarding how data has to be processed yes. and how you can acquire this data. I'm positive about it's necessary to regulate, okay, what you can do with private data of the people, okay, 
is very important in order to to keep the the private life or the citizens in Europe uh, protected from companies which may harm their privacy. Yep. But you have to find a trade-off between privacy of citizens and the people, between exploitation of data by companies or by uh, research institutes which want to to improve the technology in Europe, okay, and security of also of your citizens. Okay, there is a it it should be a trade-off between these three elements, in my opinion. And currently, the position in Europe is very biased towards protection of private data and not using uh, this data for anything. Do you believe that that's primarily a detriment to artificial intelligence companies and to businesses that want to use artificial intelligence? Or in some ways, do you see it as a strength? I think people have argued on both sides of the fence there. I'm interested in your thoughts as to whether it's too much of a barrier or maybe a good thing in the long term. In my opinion, it's, it's not so so good, okay? Because because of how Europe can be competitive in a world where European companies cannot acquire the, enough data in order to prepare their technology, okay? And but other European companies which are not improving the technology are buying this technology to some other countries where the regulation is not so strict. So in this scenario, the, the, the competitive capacity of European companies is, is low, is lower than, for instance, Chinese companies. So for me, it's not so good. Huh, okay, so it, you think it hurts kind of the smaller companies that are developing AI products because they're quite limited in terms of who they can sell to and what they can do. And it sounds like what you're saying is people will just go ahead and do business with a company that is outside of the European ecosystem. They'll do business with someone who, who doesn't have to deal with that regulation. Exactly. It, it is happening every day in, in our uh, sector. We know uh, a lot of big banks, etc., which are working with, for instance, companies from China okay, in order to, to get the job done done yeah. and not looking for what they are doing to get the data. But we are based in Europe and we have to, to be very, very strict with that. Even when we are not doing any commercial uh, business with the private data of the people, we, we don't sell data for, for marketing or for other related things. We only want to capture the data in order to, to prepare the technology and to improve the, the, the state of the art and, and the, the business we are working on. Yeah. So now it's interesting to me that you see companies using vendors from outside of Europe, because I would think if you're Deutsche Bank, you know, in the middle of Germany, you don't want to go use a vendor from the United States because they might not be compliant in all the myriad ways that Europe makes you compliant. I would think that European enterprises would want to work with European AI startups because they'd be safer from those data violations and those regulations. It sounds like you're saying that's not the case, um, that you're not seeing that trend. Perhaps European companies will feel 
safe with European, with other European technology vendors, okay? But at the end of the road, if you have a better uh, system, you are going to, to buy it out of Europe, okay? So th th this is a trade-off. We have uh, been participating in competitive... Competitive yeah. bidding, like you're, you're, you're going yeah. for a contract yeah. of some kind, okay, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we find out sometimes we, we have won the, the competition because we are close to today. To, to, to these European companies, okay? But uh, other times it's not possible. They, they don't want to, 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 to do that. They, they don't care about that. Wow. So, not easy. That's fascinating because, Paco, I would expect that a European enterprise would be very nervous about working with a U.S. company that was not GDPR compliant or compliant with all the various European regulations because then the enterprise would get punished is it the case, Paco, that the punishments are not sufficient? In other words, these companies just, they're willing to pay that price because it's not a big deal for them. And so they'll work with a US firm. Or is it because the, the punishments are just not, they're not able to be tracked? I mean, it really feels like a major danger for a bank to work with a US or Chinese company that's not using data in a legal way within Europe why are those punishments not significant enough to work with European AI vendor companies? Yeah, I think this is part of the problem. For instance, there is a very interesting anecdote here. Uh, Facebook okay, is being known for uh, their lawsuits about the privacy data leaking, okay, and uh, selling the data to, to people who, who does, doesn't have the right to buy it. And finally, in United States, Facebook has been punished with a higher amount of penalty than in Europe, okay? Even so, in Europe, the regulation is stricter. In my opinion, something is not working as expected. <laughs> Even more, I have been assisting to, to some biometric congresses recently, okay? And uh, people from United States uh, is were talking with me, okay, and they said that that even the the regulation is not so much strict on the paper in in United States because of these big penalties you can be in front of the companies at the end don't want to 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 do weird things with private data. At least it's it seems like more intimidatory, okay. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, for instance, institutes like the National Institute of Standard Technology in the United States is acquiring a big amount of data for facial biometrics, for example. They, they run a very interesting uh, challenge for vendors. Yep. And they have access to a very big amount of data of United States citizens and some of them from jail, uh, okay, and prisoners. But the kind of controls they have to access the data are very, very high. Uh, they don't allow the people who is running the evaluation to see the data. Uh, there are a lot of very amount of layers in order to avoid uh, do things but with personal data. And this would happen also in Europe, but if you break that, perhaps the the penalty is not as much important. So 
is very funny. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think that the emphasis on AI ethics is bigger in Europe than it is in the United States, pound for pound, relatively speaking? Is there a greater emphasis on these ideas around AI ethics uh, across Europe? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I have the feeling that perhaps citizens are more uh, worried about that, okay? Sometimes because of bad information, okay? Misinformation and not knowing really what the technology is. So uh, you don't know what it is about. So you have fear about it. Beyond that, I wouldn't say it's not so much different that, for instance, in the United States, yeah? Huh. Okay. So you think that the actual emphasis on AI ethics is not necessarily greater within Europe than it is within the United States, pound for pound? No, I think both are very, uh, both countries have, well, the United States and uh, European continent have big concerns about the ethics in artificial intelligence. Yeah. Major leaders in in the United States are are very, very involved in, in it. So, the, indeed, uh, one of the most important institutes in biometrics in the world is uh, United States-based. It has also it is also located in Europe and in Australia, but uh, they are based majorly mainly in United States, and their most prominent actions currently are regarding ethics in biometrics and how to deal with this trade-off between security and privacy of the people. Yeah, I wonder how that conversation is going to carry out between the US and Europe in the years ahead as we have different kind of baselines for this data security concerns, but both seem to be emphasizing ethics just in a different environment. It's going to be an interesting few years ahead. I know we're coming up on time here, Paco, but I wanted to ask maybe one last question of you, which is really around what business leaders should do given the relative strengths and weaknesses of of AI in Europe. The thing that you've really been emphasizing here is that the stringent rules around handling customer data seem to be a bit of a hindrance in Europe. And in your opinion, they seem to hinder European vendor companies. What should business leaders, let's say in banking or in retail or in insurance, you know, throughout Europe, what should they be, I guess, doing more of or doing less of? How can they deal with these stringent rules, but still grow their business, still get some kind of advantage from adopting AI. It seems like it's a little bit challenging, but what's your advice there? Yeah, I think one of the most important actions to be taken is uh, regarding didactics. In order to, to explain to people clearly what are the these technologies, what can be done, what can they offer in terms, for instance, of security or other kind of uh, related positive things about the technology, okay? And also explain what are the risks you have, okay, with these kind of technologies and what you don't want to do. And what do you don't want to, to allow the, the business people and the states to do? This is the most important thing, to perform didactics in not only to politics, but also to to all the citizens in the countries, okay? And the the second the the second thing I would say is important here is from business leaders to make contact with uh, regulatory officers, okay? Regulatory institutions. 
make contact with them and also explain this situation and try to understand how to adapt the current regulation in a way which can be positive for European economy and also for the security and privacy concerns of the people. Got it. So begin the conversation early, understand the landscape better so that they're not surprised by it later on. Basically, you're encouraging them to have the conversations with regulators now so that they understand the landscape as opposed to bumbling into it uh, in some kind of error or something like that. And I think that that's sound advice. Certainly a a lot to be concerned about if you're running a business in in Europe and aiming to adopt AI, but uh, probably getting grounded in those current regulations and even making contact could be fair advice. So Paco, I know that's all we have for time, but thank you so much for being able to share your thoughts with us here on the podcast. Thank you too much to you, Dan, and for your interest and for your uh, great uh, podcast. Yeah. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. A little bit of a different use case episode than we normally do. Again, wanted to be able to kind of squeeze in some European perspective here because we've seen a real trend in terms of who's engaging with some of our work and hopefully this episode was helpful for you coming up in two days for our making the business case episode we have one of my favorite guests now i'm not supposed to pick favorites i know not supposed to pick favorites but we have one of my favorite guests talking about how to make your ai pilot projects successful again the making the business case episodes on thursday are all about deploying and getting roi from ai Um, And so you're going to want to stay tuned in two days for our guest coming up on Thursday. If you're not already connected with us on social, be sure to follow us at E-M-E-R-J on Twitter and Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research uh, on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Our LinkedIn and our Twitter handles have definitely grown since I've started mentioning this on the podcast. And I want you to be able to follow along all of our latest infographics, articles, and interviews. You'll be able to see live in your stream and stay engaged with us here in terms of your feedback and digging into what we're creating for you. So that's it for this episode. Looking forward to catching you on Thursday.